So as I said before, Passover is just around the corner. I hope you all know that. But Passover is just around the corner. Jews around the world are about to gather in each other's homes and join family, friends, and community members to tell a powerful story that never seems to get old. How God and Moses brought the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt and led them to freedom in the promised land. The Mishnah, the first layer of rabbinic law from the second century CE, dictates that we have not fulfilled the obligation of Passover unless every child present at the Seder has asked a good question. Not just the famous four questions, how is this night different from all other nights, but a question that they themselves formulate, a genuine curiosity about why we are doing all of this every year. So it is in the spirit of that questioning, that Jewish urge to read and reread texts year after year for over 2,000 years, that I want to explore a particularly challenging piece of the traditional Passover Haggadah on this Shabbat. I want to study a prayer called Shvuch Hamatcha. It's a mouthful, Shvuch Hamatcha. In the second half of the Seder, after we have feasted on matzah ball soup and brisket, after we have found the afikomen and thanked God for being satisfied with our meal, we pour the fourth cup of wine, open the door to our homes, and we look for Elijah. This should sound vaguely familiar to you, especially if you make it that far into the Seder. Not everyone does every year, but this is towards the end. We open the door, we look for the prophet Elijah. And traditional Haggadot, a traditional Haggadah, instructs us to recite the following prayer when we look out for Elijah at the open door. It starts, Shfuch Hamatcha, pour out your wrath on the nations who do not know you and on the countries who do not call upon you for they have devoured Jacob and desolated his home. Pour your anger over them and let your fury overtake them. Pursue them in fury and destroy them beneath Adonai's sky. Out of curiosity, just raise your hand if you ever remember hearing that at a Passover Seder. Okay, good. so we have a couple of hands. Many, if not all, liberal or reform Haggadot remove this text, honestly out of disgust. And many more Seder leaders choose to skip it out of discomfort or an urgency to finish before midnight, but usually out of discomfort. And we can appreciate why a modern American audience would struggle with these verses. What does it mean to open your door in the marina or in Bernal Heights and say aloud into the darkness, God, please find all of those non-Jews who have hurt us out there and punish them. Pour out your fury upon them and destroy them. Right? It seemingly contradicts our Bay Area values of pluralism, of universalism, and of nonviolence. Not to mention the reality that many of our satyrs include non-Jews, 
many of them close family members who are standing right next to us. Despite all of this, our mission as Reformed Jews is not just to hide from anything and everything in Judaism that makes us uncomfortable, to quickly delete that that doesn't really feel good, to never study the tougher elements in our tradition. When we do that, in the short term, we're left with a more palatable Judaism. But I would argue that in the long term, it's a superficial Judaism an ultimately bland, neutral, disconnected philosophy that is hard to pass down meaningfully Lador Vador from generation to generation. Our mission, our role as Reformed Jews is to face even the most difficult texts and to evaluate them for ourselves, to use the lenses of our tradition as well as our modern understandings and personal stories to craft a relevant Judaism that has authenticity and integrity. So given that framework, my dream of what we do as Reformed Jews, we come back to the prayer in question, the Shavuch HaMatcha, the prayer of pouring out God's wrath. And first we ask, what is the context where did this prayer come from? First, it's a compilation of biblical verses, of psalms that describe the agony of the Jewish community after the destruction of the first temple in Jerusalem. The prayer was inserted into the Haggadah in the late 12th century in response to the Crusades. As they made their way to Jerusalem, Crusaders basically used the Jewish communities of France and Germany as target practice, raping, pillaging, and killing as they traveled from town to town. And the worst of the violence against the Jews would usually take place around Easter. We can imagine a Jewish family devastated by the Crusaders, filled with anger and fear and shame opening their door in Worms or Mainz on the first night of Passover and begging God for revenge, using the same words that their Israelite ancestors had called out hundreds of years before when they had felt similarly hopeless. So that's the context. What about how modern scholars interpret this prayer? How do they explain this particular moment in the Seder? Modern Orthodox Rabbi Daniel Landis offers the following interpretation. Hatred, even when justified, is of such power that it must be controlled and contextualized. It is controlled in that its sole home expression in Judaism is here, in the Seder, limited to only a few short, albeit vivid, lines, and vengeance is turned over to God. Landis puts an interesting psychological spin on this prayer. Hatred is inevitable, he argues, particularly if one has been victimized. And the goal of the Seder is to create a controlled ritual moment to express that anger and to place the burden of action onto God instead of ourselves. 
It's like a therapist suggesting that a patient take up kickboxing to express their aggression in a less destructive way, or to just hit a pillow again and again. And while I'm not completely sold on Landis's argument, I do think that he gets to the heart of the dilemma that we face when reading this prayer. How do we deal with anger as a Jewish people? How do we deal with anger as a Jewish people? I don't mean personal anger, although we may all feel that because of our own personal experiences, but I mean communal anger. How do we handle our history of suffering from slavery in Egypt to the destruction of the temples, to the Crusades, to the Inquisition, to the Holocaust? How and for how long must we remember our oppression century after century? And when those memories give rise to anger, where do we channel it? In the safety of the Bay Area, we may have stopped feeling angry. But not all Jews around the world share in that sense of security or calm. Reciting this prayer at the Seder of an Israeli family that lost a son in a bus bombing, or a Texas family that lost a neighbor serving in Afghanistan, may resonate differently. The need for revenge may be much more raw and immediate for them. Cantor Fromer reminded me of a speech that Admiral Mike Mullen gave on September 11, 2011, in front of the Pentagon. Quote, from this place of wrath and tears, America's military ventured forth as the long arm and clenched fist of an angry nation at war. And we have remained at war ever since, visiting upon our enemies the vengeance they were due and providing for the American people the common defense they demand. There is an eerie similarity between the language of the Haggadah and the rhetoric of the military commander. As an American people, we have our own struggles and ambivalence with memory and anger, even today. So now that we have asked a Passover question, now that we have studied the text from multiple perspectives, what happens next week during Passover? How does this shape our seders? It's ultimately up for each family to decide. That's kind of how Reformed Judaism works. But does knowing the prayer's historical context or appreciating its psychological function or translating it into a contemporary scenario, imbue it with meaning for us. Or even with all of those interpretations, with our efforts to study and to become more nuanced around the liturgy, it may just still be too offensive, just too foreign, too difficult to utter, even with all of its context and history. It may not deserve a place at our Seder. On this Shabbat, as we enter into our preparations for Passover, my hope is that in exploring this prayer, that I modeled a reform conversation about the Passover Haggadah and around a difficult text, to challenge us to continue to read and to reread our tradition's core texts 
and to find our place within them. Shabbat Shalom.